Uh, so here we are, Thanksgiving 2021, and some of you might have some fascinated memories of Thanksgiving 2020, <laughs> right? Um, th- this, since the pandemic rolled in, this might be the first Thanksgiving where there may be more of a semblance of the way it was in terms of large gatherings. Many people are vaccinated. It's like we feel unsafe to get back together. And unfortunately, what it means is that for some of us, we can no longer use the pandemic as the excuse for not showing up. (laughs) Sorry, can't make it. Pandemic. (laughs) How many people are going to be there? 50? No, that's too many. How can we social distance in a house that small, right? So so for some of us, for some of us, the pandemic was actually a little bit of a, let's just call it what it is. It was an excuse to avoid sometimes these sort of holiday gatherings that for some of us, for some of us, might be a little awkward because, you know, we can't choose our family. For better or for worse, we can't choose our family members. Even worse, we can't choose what all our family members choose to believe. Right? So sometimes we make these agreements about showing up for Thanksgiving. Here's what we don't talk about, and here's the list, and then we all just sit around in awkward silence. Right? Until, invariably, either there's too much wine or too much dessert, or too much boredom, and then somebody says something, and then there we go, all right? So often, many of us, we, we, tend, to, we tend to avoid, and, and, it, and, and it could be discussions around anything, right? So, so that list of things we don't talk about, we don't, we, don't, we don't talk about politics, right? We don't, we don't necessarily talk about religion, because it might be different people rolling in with, with different beliefs, um, we might not even talk much about the pandemic because, you know, you might have some family members who, yes, let's get vaccinated, boosted, and still wear a mask, and then we get others who are not. Let's just say not. Okay, so, so there's that. Then there are, uh, you know, discussions maybe even just about history, right? Real history, actual history versus preferred history. Let's just call it that. Preferred history, right? Even, even the history around Thanksgiving itself. So, for example, for example, when we think about Thanksgiving, I don't know why my clicker's not working, but there we go, right? This image looks familiar? It's, well, then it does. <laughs> then, it, then it does. How about this one? Does this also look familiar? Right? So for, for many, many, many decades in American history, we've been, we sort of equated this with the first Thanksgiving that happened, right? This is pretty much all wrong. Okay, the painting itself is wrong. First of all, uh, the Native Americans sitting uh, in that in that portrait are painted are painted in the garb and headdress of Western Plain Indians. This happened on the East Coast, uh, Plymouth, 
So they didn't look like that. So first, that's wrong. Second of all, what is sort of in the ballpark is that, yes, the pilgrims, or the story we've been told is that the pilgrims came and, and, and now granted, I didn't grow up here in the U.S. I grew up in Barbados. So I got this story a lot later. But the story that I got, which was repeated to me by people who did grow up here, was that what they learned in school was that the pilgrims had trouble when they landed, when they were in Plymouth, and, and they had trouble growing their crops and all that. And then Native Americans came and helped them out, and then they were able to grow crops, and then they had a feast celebrating together. That is a really loose interpretation of what happened, right? And it says that this happened in 1621. First of all, uh, Thanksgiving celebrations, harvest celebrations among the settlers date all the way back to early 1600. So they're happening way before that. Uh, this group that was in Plymouth were actually there also before 1621, but there was this one winter that was particularly bad, yes. Wiped out half of them, so they didn't have this great uh, harvest coming in. But what was also interesting about this place in the, in the Patuxent region was that all the Native Americans were pretty much wiped out because of disease. So they actually didn't have anyone to turn to. Someone, a Native American from another tribe, saw that they were in trouble and asked the one remaining Patuxent Native American, the one last remaining, to help him out. This last remaining one, incidentally, was actually one who was enslaved. Previously, he was taken to Europe, he came back, and he was able to speak English and help the settlers out. So he showed them how to uh, harvest eels and grow corn and so on, and they, had, they were able to survive. But they didn't have a celebration like this till about three years after that. Here's the other fun piece about this. When they finally decided to have a celebration, guess who they did not invite? the Native Americans. They just had a celebration for themselves. And they were such in a celebratory mood, and they were happy, and they were shooting their guns off. And the Native Americans heard the gunfire and go, oh, something must be wrong. Let's go see. And then they showed up. And then it was like our modern Thanksgiving's really awkward when the family member who we didn't invite showed up. And they were like, so good to see you. Come on in and share the meal with us. I didn't make up that part. That actually happened. They did not invite the Native Americans to their celebration. Yeah. Actual history versus preferred history. Right? Just around this. We're going to go to thanks. You might go to Thanksgiving celebrations this week and talking about stuff that's happened. You might be talking about, you know, certain court case that just got wrapped up, or maybe another one that's ongoing, and you might have opposing views. And you're probably like, oh, God, give me strength. We don't believe in the God out there, but sometimes our family makes us pray to the God out there, <laughs> right? So what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> as, as the Apostle Paul says, a little wine for thy stomach's sake. Sure, sure, we can, we, we can, we can drink. Or, 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 
or, or we can realize, we can realize that all these opportunities are invitations for us, invitations for us to grow, to heal, and connect. But we got to do a lot of prep work. Don't just, don't just go in figuring you already know how to handle it. You got to do some prep work. But before we get to the prep work, I forgot to mention one thing. Speaking of Native Americans, this happens to be Native American Heritage Month. And, and we hadn't mentioned that before. I thought today might be an appropriate day to mention this since uh, Native American folklore sort of rolled into the Thanksgiving story, however inaccurate it is. And if you're looking for an opportunity to do something around this, and it happens to be the week where a lot of us are gonna be food focused, there's this great organization called the Native American uh, Food Sovereignty Alliance. And they're the business of advocating and supporting all levels of food security and food sovereignty in local, tribal, regional, national, and international arenas. NativeFoodAlliance.org. Make a note, check them out. And what we mean by food sovereignty, really, is basically the right of anyone to have healthy food, to have food that is culturally appropriate for them, and food that is produced through sound, ecological, and sustainable methods. It is the anti-corporate food movement. Many of us, our food is connected to a corporation, to non-sustainable production, and it really ain't that good for us either. But for many areas, that's the only option people have, and there's been a growing movement there's always been a movement, but now there's even more of a highlight on it, on food sustainability and food sovereignty. So if that's a term that's new for you, please do some deep diving when you get home. And also ask yourselves by looking at your pantry, where's my food coming from? Who is it supporting? How is it nourishing me as well? So check them out, the North, the Native American, What's it called? Sovereignty, Food Sovereignty Alliance. And maybe this is something you can, you know, bring to your Thanksgiving celebration as an invitation for everyone to get on, on board with as well. But when we go to these gatherings, when we're with, with, with family of, I like to say, family of, of blood, not necessarily of choice, um, if we choose to go, the prep work we have to realize is that when we and this may not apply to everyone, of course. I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here. But, but if it does, and if it doesn't still apply this to any situation where, where you're going in and you know you may encounter people and ideas and beliefs that run counter to yours, to realize that, that as things come up, you will be triggered. And the trigger is an invitation, again, to growth, healing, and connection because a trigger it, it 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 shows you if you let it it takes you to those places within you where healing needs to occur 
We're triggered because there's a wound there. We're triggered because there's a belief that's being challenged. We're triggered, we're triggered because we wish there was a different experience. And anytime we are wishing that there is a different experience in that moment, then we're pushing against acceptance. We're pushing against acceptance. And that leads to both inner and outer conflicts. Now, acceptance doesn't mean agreement. I'll say that again. Acceptance doesn't mean agreement. Acceptance means here's what's coming up in me now. Here's what's coming up in that person. And if we truly want to be the embodiment of love, where's the middle ground between us? Where's the middle ground between us? And we can't find that middle ground if we are in an agitated state. Okay? If we're all worked up, there's no way we're going to find middle ground with that other person. And you're probably thinking, I got some relatives I know I will never find middle ground on. You have to remember, beneath all our beliefs, we are the same. Beneath all our beliefs, the stories we've been told about ourselves, the stories we've been told about each other, the stories we've been told about the world, beneath all of that, we are the same. We are souls and bodies desiring love and connection. That's who we are. And unfortunately, we've gotten to a place where we've so divided ourselves into, into, into groups and tribes that we feel we can only get that between people in our group and tribes, and therefore we exclude everyone else. That's a very limited, disconnected view, and it's also not true. So the prep work to be able to be in a place where you know there will be opposing views or people who don't necessarily see the world the same way as you are and how to begin to find middle ground is first, you got to do your prep work. First, your prep work starts way before you get there, okay? Way before you get there. And that's self-care. That is self-care. You can't wait till you are in the place of conflict to go, how do I find peace within myself? You've got to learn to find peace within yourself way before it happens. You know, for a lot of us, you know, me, for me, a lot of times, I, when things are going well, a lot of my spiritual practices fall to the wayside. I maybe don't meditate as much. I maybe don't take care of myself as much because things are going well, so I can just relax, right? This is actually the time where you need to double down on your practices because things are going well. You don't have a lot to deal with. That's when you should be doing more meditating. That's when you should be doing more journaling. That's when you should be doing whatever your spiritual self-care practices are. Do it. You're sort of fortifying yourself during those times. And then when you get triggered, remember the triggering is happening at different levels, right? There's mind, there's body, and there's spirit. That's who we are. We're mind, body, and spirit. And when I say mind, I'm referring to like emotions that come up, like anger and fear. And you can feel it in your body, right? When you get triggered, you feel tightness. Some of you in your gut, your, 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 your chest, it's tightening your chest, your throat, you know. And, and, we, and we sort of already, we sort of already know when this happens, right? Because when someone says something that we don't necessarily agree with, or we know we're going to end up in a place with maybe some family members who we know are going to be trouble, right? I don't know about you guys, but 
right away in me, there's this almost visceral this, right? There's like this piece of me that wants to extend an energetic shield around me. There's a piece of me that, that in, in, in many ways puts up defenses already, okay? And then there's a fun reflex I think many of us have when, when we hear something, we do this. Right? We, 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 take, we take that deep breath because we know if we don't breathe deep, we're going to say something we might regret. So many of us already got that conditioning pattern. That's actually a really, really good response. Why? Because it helps settle us into our bodies. It helps soothe our bodies. You know, it's a great soothing technique. And you do this in public, you're going to get some strange looks. But it's okay. That might actually help diffuse the whole situation. In addition to taking a deep breath, actually humming and rocking and swaying. Humming and swaying. Some people may look at you weird. <laughs> sort of like the looks I'm getting now, but that's okay. Can you remember when is the first time you swayed and felt a hum? When was that? When you were a baby in somebody's arms. And they were humming, and they were rocking you. And it was probably the most comforting thing. You don't remember it up here, but trust me, your body remembers it. Breathing, humming, and swaying. That settles your body. And you cannot respond from a place of wholeheartedness if your body is not settled first. Most of us think it starts here, and then this follows. Mm-mm. It starts here, and this follows. And it happens so fast, we think it's starting up here. But no, it's starting in our body. So we got we to gotta learn how to recognize that. Even when you come here on Sundays, and somebody may say something that triggers you, What are you going to do? You've got to settle in the body. So, for example, so here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm going to say. All right? Everybody take a breath. Let's start settling now. Get that, get that humming sound in your head and prepare to sway. Okay? So, so as you know, this week, this week the county uh, reinstated its indoor mask mandate. So, a funny thing happened before that. The board got together and said, you know what? We think regardless of what the county's saying, we're going to reinstate the mask mandate for our church. And we're going to do this because we know there are folks who are coming to church who are vaccine boosted and being safe, and we know there are folks who are coming to church who are not vaccinated or wearing masks. And one of the things that we are very clear about is that this needs to be a safe space. And by the way, safety is not relative or a matter of opinion. Safety is a fact. And as a board administer, as your leadership body, your stewards, caretakers of the community, we got to make those choices for the safety of the whole, not the comfort of the few. 
So we decided we were going to do that. And we were busy working on crafting the statement and sharing it and how we're going to deliver it. And then the county rolled in. <laughs> and on some levels, there was that collective like, okay, we don't got to say nothing now. We don't got to say nothing. We don't got to worry about making somebody upset. We don't got to, oh. But I was like, no, we have to still share this information because someday the county is going to live this mandate again and we might be going through this cycle of lifting and bringing back and lifting and bringing back. You know, we're going to be on this roller coaster for a while. I don't know about you guys, the last time you rode a roller coaster, but last time I rode a roller coaster, there was bars that kept me safe. So we got to do things to keep us safe. And for some of us, for some of us, that might be a bit of a trigger, right? Because I don't know about you, but we're all tired of wearing the masks. We are. You know, I'm the fortunate one. I get to stand far from you, and for about 20 minutes, I don't have to wear one. But this is where we are. So take that in and notice what comes up in you as you hear that. There may be a sense of relief because this is where you've always been and what you always thought. For some of you, it may not be. For some of you, you may go in again to celebrations with your family. You know there are people who are showing up who may or may not be vaccinated. It's a whole thing. Your workplace, I don't know, whatever it is. How do we walk in embracing the fullness of the presence that we are and, and still handle what comes up for us emotionally. Again, it begins with settling the body. Settling the body. The acceptance that, yes, this is a situation, but also the acceptance that this is an invitation for me. And realize also that sometimes our regular, our regular uh, spiritual tools may not work. How many of you do tapping? You know, you know tapping? How many of you have done tapping? Yeah. So you may be in a situation where you, you do your tapping exercise and you feel calm. And then you go to Thanksgiving with your family and no matter how hard you hit that point, <laughs> you're going to be all bruised. You hitting that point and it's, just, it's not happening. It's not happening. Sometimes, sometimes what we normally do doesn't work because sometimes they are, those triggers are bigger. So we got to notice that. And again, notice what is it really deep down that is causing this? There's nothing out there that's causing it. It's all in here, the source of the discontent. So it's an invitation, again, to examine what is it that I believe? What is it that I am attached to? What is it that I expect? Have I communicated those expectations? Am I truly really upset with myself because I put myself in this situation that I knew I wouldn't be happy in, but for some reason I felt like I had to? Did I, did I come to this gathering out of obligation? Is it okay not to? Where are my boundaries? These are all questions we get to ask ourselves. Am I more concerned about what others may say about me than about what I hold true about myself? And 
sometimes also it's an invitation to realize that even though there's really no right or wrong, we may not have handled it the best. And part of that journey towards middle ground is realizing that we get to be the one who first make amends. That we are the ones who first have to say, I may not agree with what you said or your belief, but what I know to be true is that ultimately we want the same thing. We want to be loved, we want to be connected, and we want to be safe with each other. Perhaps that's where our middle ground starts. Perhaps that's how we begin to return to love and not love the emotional, wishy-washy feeling. Love as that energy that connects and harmonizes. Eunice co-founder Charles Fomo talks about love as a great harmonizer, which brings into harmony, which brings that which was separated back together. That's, that's what that's what love is, the journey that allows that to happen, the energy that holds us together. We are in a time, and I swear, every time we say we are in a time that is more polarized and divided than ever. And this time it may be true. I mean, there was this whole Civil War thing. That was a whole thing. Underneath it all, we want to be loved, we want connection, we want to be accepted for who we are. And that journey begins with us. So no matter what you're doing this week, for Thanksgiving or later for Christmas or New Year's, if you decide to gather with others, if you decide to gather with friends who you know won't be sources of agitation for you, or you decide to gather with family who you know will be sources of invitation, irritation, agitation for you. I'm giving you this talk now because at Christmas I'm going home to Barbados to visit my family. <laughs> and, and I will be replaying this talk. <laughs> Before I leave, while I'm on the plane, maybe a couple times while I'm there. My prep work has already begun. Because I love those people with my whole heart and soul. Man, do they get on my nerves. <laughs> love you, Mom, in case you're watching. But it's, it's, it's true. It's true. But that's... That's my invitation to heal, to forgive, to love not because of, but in spite of. And that's who we're called to be. Let's take this into meditation.
So if you're comfortable, I invite you to close the eyes, plant both feet on the floor, take a deep breath. And again, let's connect with the body, first and foremost. Let's breathe and settle. And yes, in this moment, if gently swaying from side to side helps do that, no one will see you. We all got our eyes closed. We've heard it said that peace begins with me. More specifically, peace begins with an embodied experience of peace, of settling, of being in this moment, of breathing, of bringing alignment of body and heart, and mind and soul. knowing that what we are called to do is to show up as the presence of that which we seek to experience. So should we seek an experience of peace and harmony, of love, of safety? We be that. We seek an experience of a world that works for all. Let us to be that in our actions, in our words. Let us remember that in the midst of all, I am. In the midst of all, I am. Let us center on that affirmation for a few moments in the silence. In the midst of all, I am.
in the midst of all, I am. In the midst of all does not require my silence or my agreement. It requires centered presence. In the midst of all, I am. And so it is.